Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from WCS's field sites, zoos and aquarium, and their conservation partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. Any discussion of climate change must consider the role of peatlands. These water-soaked ecosystems, comprised of decaying mosses and other plant matter, cover a mere 3% of the Earth's surface, yet store more carbon than all of the world's forests. But a climate face-off in Canada now pits the protection of critical peatlands against the mining of minerals essential to renewable energy. Nat Moss has a story. Formed over thousands of years, peatlands store roughly 600 billion tons of carbon globally. In Canada, they can be found just about every part of the country, from blanket bogs in the east to the Hudson Bay lowlands of Quebec, Ontario, and Manitoba, to mountain peatlands in British Columbia and permafrost peatlands in the Arctic. The indigenous peoples call the the landscape the breathing lands, which is a, a lung, essentially. And if you think of the Congo peatlands as the other lung, and they are threatened by oil exploration and extraction, and you've got mining activity threatening, this is not going to be good for global climate going forward. That's Lorna Harris, who leads a national program for forests, peatlands, and climate change for WCS Canada. She spent a decade studying the peatlands of Canada, and before that in Scotland, where she worked for the Scottish Environmental Protection Agency. She's seen the destruction of peatlands in Europe and follows similar trends in Canada with great concern. Historically in Europe, there's been a lot of peatland disturbance, either for agriculture, for fuel, and also for horticulture. But peatlands in Canada are just as at risk from these disturbances. Uh, We've lost large areas of peatland to the oil sands mining. We've got roads cutting through large peatland areas. We've had a lot of peatlands in southern Canada drained for agriculture. Recently, Lorna's been focused on a proposed mining development along the lower Hudson Bay called the Ring of Fire. The proposal includes more than 5,000 square kilometers of mining claims, most of which fall in the world's second largest peatlands, an area larger than Germany. The proposed mines pit two climate change priorities against each other. There is a huge push in Canada and also elsewhere for critical minerals as part of the transition to a greener economy for electric vehicles, for solar panels, for renewable energy, for batteries. So we need these minerals for that purpose. But in a lot of places in Canada where these mines are proposed happen to be in peatlands, in some of the most carbon-rich ecosystems that we have, which obviously brings the question of whether it makes sense to extract the minerals to destroy the peatlands in that process and you know release huge quantities of carbon. Lorna predicts that when Canadians look at the impact from mining on carbon loss from the peatlands, they'll want to know how much carbon could be saved by the use of minerals going into electric vehicles and other green economy products. She says the math may give people pause. For the Ring of Fire mining development, I calculate that there could be around 450 million tonnes of carbon disturbed or removed, which if you convert that to carbon dioxide as a greenhouse gas emission, it's around 1.6 billion tonnes of CO2. And just putting this into perspective, Canada's total annual reported greenhouse gas emissions for 2019, as an example, was 730 million tonnes. So we're doubling Canada's annual emissions just by disturbing these peatland areas. 
To inspire the public to get involved in protecting peatlands, Lorna wishes more people could see how beautiful they are with their colorful mosses and exotic plants like orchids and carnivorous sundews. Characterized so often as swamps or bogs, peatlands get a raw deal, she says, and they're often hard to access, but there are ways around that. There is a large peatland near Ottawa, for example, which is easily accessible. There's a nice boardwalk there so you don't have to get your feet wet, that you can walk around and you can see all of the plants within that peatland and, you know, really get to see how important these areas are. The most important thing, says Lorna, is that we help peatlands continue doing what they do so well, remove carbon from the atmosphere. And we need them to keep doing that, putting in any roads or infrastructure, and we lose a natural carbon capture and storage system. We're risking the destruction of something that we know is working. I think there is hope that we can change track to protect peatlands across Canada and globally as well. For WCS Wild Audio, this is Nat Moss.